Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. It is a Saturday morning. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. So as I was getting to the studio this morning, I was trying to get ready, do some show prep, figure things out for the weekend. Got a lot of stuff on the slate today. We'll talk about that here throughout the program. But as I was getting set over on our sister station, Sports Radio KGSO, our guy, Felix Johnson, hosting our Saturday morning sports page, recapping some of the high school football activity from last night, goes on there and says, hey, happy 1st of October. And I had to stop for a second. Blew my mind of the fact that we're already in October. Fall is officially here. I got home late last night. The The leaves were already changing. They were already falling from the trees. It's nice and cool, which makes me very happy as I'm still rocking the shorts, and hopefully I'll be able to, well, I'll be doing it all year long, even with the 20-degree weather outside. That's okay. But nonetheless, it feels really nice outside. No more triple degrees, triple-digit weather. No more extremely hot. We can enjoy the fall time. Happy October 1st to you. Holy cow. It's finally here. Welcome into Kansas Talk. 316-721-8255. Our phone lines are back up and working. Last week we were not able to because we had some technical issues, but they are back up and working. If you want to jump on today and chat throughout the program, we have a lot to talk about. Our number two, Alan Cobb, Kansas Chamber of Commerce. We'll chat with him on economic issues here in the state. Get his thoughts on the inflation, on interest rate hikes, on how business is doing here in the state of Kansas under the Biden administration and the Democrat reign in Washington, D.C. So we'll chat with him about that, plus a little bit about election season. Uh, bottom of next hour as well, James Langford, U.S. Senator from the state of Oklahoma. We had him on the program for the Voice of Reason earlier this week. We'll play that extended full-length interview coming up to wrap up the show today. But right now, it's been a couple weeks since we've had him in studio. Excited to have him back in from Phil's Coins. At 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. The man himself, Phil Martinez. Phil, how are you, brother? Just fine, sir. Good to see you. Yeah. yeah, good to see you. It's, it is. We were just joking. It's it's hard to believe that fall is officially here. This year has gone by so fast, and now we get to. Do we get to set up Halloween costumes now? Halloween decorations and and get all prepared. <sighs> we probably put a little something up in the shop. Not much. It's mm. just. Yeah, you can put up a skeleton in there, and then say if anybody comes yeah. to try and do anything, this could be you. I we mean. could put up, we could put up a skeleton and tell everybody that's my that's my silver closet. That, that's that's right. all that's left in there. That's all that's left in there. Oh, that's it's right. Crazy. Yeah. How is the market? How's the markets looking this week? I mean, uh, the stock market's taking a tank. How's well, metal? Gold is down into the six like sixteen forties, sixteen fifties. Silver's actually gone up. Silver broke nineteen yesterday for the first time in probably a month and a half, two months. Okay. So it's into the night, like 1910, 1920. Uh, silver, like I say, silver took a little bit of a jump. Uh, silver still highly undervalued. Mm. Uh, gold, I don't know. I mean, right now, everything, they're saying everything is being mined. 96, 94% of everything that's being mined is going into computers, solar panels, uh, phones, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really nothing out there for the investor People have no idea how short silver is right now. I mean, you know, if I order today, probably 30 days. If you're not Phil's coins, it's 60 days to get your stuff. 
minimum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we uh, we had lady. We shipped twenty five thousand dollars worth of silver to Florida because she couldn't find it. We shipped uh, forty thousand dollars to Houston, Texas, because they couldn't find it. I had a guy drive in from Denver with a certified check for fifty thousand because he can't find it. Had a lady come in from uh, I'm gonna say Springfield, Missouri. That wasn't that's not right. I'm not I can't remember where she was from. She bought forty thousand because she can't find it. She just bought another thirty thousand yesterday because she can't find it. Uh, I've got people driving in from all over, and we're getting phone calls from all over the United States because we're one of the few places in the United States that actually has physical silver that we can ship out instantly. Yeah. Are you still doing okay on supply? I no. know. I know you order almost daily, right, still? I ordered uh, 2,000 ounces yesterday. I ordered 6,500 or 4,500 ounces the day before. Uh, normally, I carry over 40,000 ounces, and I'm down to about 5,000 ounces. Oh, my. So well, that's better than when I was down to eighteen hundred one time. So I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. You can sell a million dollars worth of silver faster. You can get it back in. Oh, I'm sure. Are there individuals coming in and selling it all, trying no. to sell their silver? No. I mean, occasionally we're buying little dabs here and there. Sure. But right now, everything. Uh, some guy came in the other day and had some eagles, and he was hoping to get spot plus a dollar. And I said, Well, I think we're like spot plus six or seven. Yeah. Somebody come in with five hundred the other day. We paid spot plus eight. Wow. And that's an, an unrealistic numbers, but that's uh, uh, you need it. Well, government's quit producing the, the, the eagles. As far as this year, most of the de- most of the dealers in the country get allotments. The big dealers get an allotment of how many they can buy, and most of the dealers I talk to, their allotments are going to come out in uh, this month, about the seventh or the eighth. Their allotments are already sold out. They do not think they're going to get any more silver eagles by the end of, for the rest of the year. So it'll only be what you can scrounge out. Uh, I found some eagles yesterday. From uh, see, yesterday was Friday. From Thursday to Friday, they went from twelve fifty over spot to thirteen sixty over spot. My cost hmm. in one day. So these things could be fifteen twenty dollars over spot by Christmas. They're ridiculous. It's it continues to climb, and is this in relation to what's going on with inflation with the economy right now? I mean, this, we mentioned the stock market continues to tank. We're now under twenty nine thousand. The S and P closed at the lowest it has for the entire year right now. Is this in continuation with that, or is this kind of the, the metal market kind of a completely separate entity right now? Well, it's, it's more about supply and demand, and and you know we 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 go through this every day. Somebody comes in and wants to buy at a spot. And we tell them if they'll bring us their silver, we'll give them a spot plus a dollar. Mm. And for that's just for common rounds. And if you've got quantity, then we'd even pay better than that. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 a deal. I, somebody was talking to me about stock market, and he said if the stock market hit, how, how, what he knows, I don't know, but he said there's something out there that says if the stock market hits like 20, yeah, that uh, they'll shut the stock market down for two weeks and revamp everything. <laughs> and so it's, it's 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 getting it's getting really crazy. The people are running scared to death of this idea of going to digital currency, and and the banks and they're they're, they're reading. I've talked to more people and more people every day, and more people are reading about this and telling me that if you have too much money in the bank or what the government thinks is too much money in the bank, they're just going to come in and take the money out of your account and give it to somebody else. Right. Well, my question is, do they give you the name of they give it to, or does the government just take the money out of your account because they can? So uh, it, it's so they're, they're technically they will ruin the economy because anybody that's out there trying to work hard to make money will quit working because there's no sense in working hard and letting the government take your money away from you and give it to somebody that isn't working. 
So let's go deal. down the conspiratorial mindset for just a second. Put on that tinfoil hat. I know some kind of chuckle at that mindset, but let's talk about that. The uh, economy continues to drop. The into the interest rates continue to climb because that's their genius plan is to battle inflation, which is just raise interest rates, not spend, not stop spending money or stop printing money, but just raise interest rates to try and market, uh, try and price people out of the market. Is that the intention to allow it to continue to drop big enough to where they have to restructure to where we can do a big push to try and get everybody onto digital currency? I don't know. I I think, you know, the problem with the digital currency is, I mean, technically, you know, by what I know, I've got people telling me, well, they'll never go to digital currency Mm -hmm. because unfortunately, all you congressmen out there that are taking these big briefcases full of cash for your vote to do this and do that, you can't take that big deal of cash so therefore if you put it in digital currency your accounts can be monitored so if you're being bought, bribed off or bought off by big pharma uh, that's going to show up in your account and you're going to have to explain for it sure so they're telling me that the currency will never go away so i don't know well i mean i, I can't see currency ever going away if people try to go digital i mean most people are going to start going back to you know swapping out goats for you know whatever else they need i mean we're yeah. going to go back to some type of barter system uh but at the same time i mean they're doing what they can to try and regulate more i mean we saw the bill where they tried to regulate any type of transaction of 600 dollars or more going in or coming out of your account and uh, they're trying more of this they didn't get it last time Who's to say they're not going to get it again? And at some point, we're all going to have our own personal IRS agent. We're going to get an audit every single year, and they're going to monitor every transaction coming in or out to make sure that the government's getting their fair share of taxes. Well, if you think about it, the government won't have to do that. They'll have to lay off all these IRS agents because if it's all in a computer about what you bought, and it's going to know whether you bought a loaf of bread or whether you bought a roll of toilet paper, they're going to know what you bought. They're going to know what you made. They want, they know what went into your account, what went out of your account, what's tax deductible, what's not tax deductible. They'll put, press a computer button, and the government will do the taxes for you. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need any IRS agents. I mean, all these IRS agents that they just hired, if you go back to the Obama era, Obama wanted to have his own private police department, uh, security group, as equally funded and as well-trained as the military, and he, and he got nowhere with it. Well... I think Obama's still pulling the strings on Biden, and so Biden pushed it through, and Biden got it. Yeah. So this this is this is about when things really get bad, because unfortunately, I believe the mil- a, a, a large percentage of the military will stand with the people. Sure, well, I think it'll come to that at some point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. As long as the administration like stays in power, they're driving this country <laughs> in the ground. I mean, they got a bulldozer pushing us over the cliff right now, and there's nothing to hang on to. Well, I'm hoping that by the midterm elections here, we can at least get a Republican majority in Congress. We can have a stagnation for a couple of years. We can get a Republican back in office, and then maybe we can actually get something done and reverse some of these and get back to semi-normal. Well, I, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Though. Well, I know, but there's only, you know, I mean, I, I know this is hearsay because somebody was telling me that they had an election back east somewhere, some kind of primary or something. And so they came out with the results. The Democrats won, da, 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 da. And it was really cool. They came out with results and told you who won and by how many, what the margin was and everything. The election wasn't held for two weeks later. So they already had results two weeks before the election was even even had. So uh, that, that scares you. Whether it's true or not, I mean, we already saw how this went last year with the election. <laughs> the Republicans need to figure out how to ta- hack, hack the computers that the Democrats are hacking and hack them after the Democrats hack them. Well, the good news is we are seeing a lot of changes in voter laws and the new bill that came out of Georgia after the concerns about the 2020 election. Uh, the news headline came down or either late last night or early this morning. I saw it this morning of those voter laws of verifying citizenship, verifying voter IDs 
did come back as constitutional, so they are allowed to keep those. So we are cleaning up the system little by little. Even well, though they may be throwing a fit on the other side, we're winning on that. I'm I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, they, they always claim that that if you have, if you have to go to the polls to vote, you're making a hardship on the on the poor, the minorities. And I know and I do believe this that if you are poor and a minority and you had to go to Kansas City to get on the rolls to get your food stamps or whatever, somehow they would figure out a way to get to Kansas City. If you want to vote, all you got to do is call the Democrats. They'll take you. They'll come pick you up and take you to the polls to vote. So there's not a hardship for anybody. And to claim it's a hardship is that Democrats' way of, of, of staying with these mail-in ballots where they can manipulate the vote. Now, that is my personal opinion, and I will stand with that opinion till I die. Hey, there it is. Got to make sure that it's fair and balanced, and that's what it's all about. Let's take a break here real quick. Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with all honesty and integrity. They open up here in just about 12 minutes. When we come back, we'll talk some more about the gold and silver markets. Get your thoughts on some of that. We have some callers on the line, so we'll stay put. We'll get to you here in just a few. It's Gators Talk. It's October 1st. It's fall season officially. we got a lot to talk about today. There was a bit out of New York where they said that there's a brand in New York City. Kansas doesn't have a brand. Do we have a brand? I want to get your thoughts on that and what Kansas's brand is because as they try to take that knock on flyover America, I think we need to send it back to them because they have a brand. It may not be what they think it is, but they have a brand. We'll talk about some of that on the program and a heck of a lot more. It's Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Stay here. past the hour welcome back into the program right here on wichita's big talker kqam thanks for hanging out with us today it's a saturday morning getting you up and moving for the day not just a saturday it's the beginning of october saturday which means it's awesome because we're going into fall season halloween is right around the corner i'm excited i am i think here in the next week or so may have to start putting out the halloween decorations because why not right oh man if you want to see halloween decorations <laughs> uh Probably in about the nine thousand block on South Hydraulic. Okay. There, there's a there's a guy out there that's got a half, um, probably a quarter of a block in his front yard with all these skeletons and dinosaurs and stuff. It is the biggest display I probably have ever seen. He puts it up every year. You've got to drive by, but he but he's about the 1100 block of South Hydraulic. He's on the east side of the road. You can't miss him. It's 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 something to go see. Ooh. We stopped and took pictures the other day on the highway, make sure we didn't get rear ended. Oh, it's already out. Oh, it's already it's, out. It's already yeah, he's he, he wow. been put he's been putting it out for weeks. Wow. I think he's got it all out, but he's it's got it's probably 50, 60 yards worth long and deep, and and it, it's and he does one he does he, he does the same thing for Christmas. And this, I don't know who they are, where they store all this stuff, but they do they do a really good job when they, when you come to these things. That's absolutely. Awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna have to go and check that one out now. I, I love the decorations that people have, and it starts now, and then we go directly from that. And I mean, the trifecta of the holidays are already here with Halloween, and then Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and New Year's. We're we're already there, and uh, this is the time of year that flies by because you just don't realize how fast the holidays come uh, come upon you. 
I mean, we just paid taxes the other day, and here it is, <laughs> the end of the year, and the tax man's rubbing his hands together already. He's excited. He's ready Absolutely. to go. Speaking of, so uh, you order the silver just about daily. Are you still ordering daily almost? Oh, yes. How are you? Like I say, I ordered uh, 2,000 ounces yesterday, like 10, 15 ounces of gold. Uh, the day before that, we ordered like 20 ounces of the gold. And forty five hundred ounces, forty five hundred ounces of silver. So I mean, we're you know we're trying to we're probably buying God ten thousand ounces of silver a week. Is it getting tougher to get it from your end? I know that I mean, as you've talked about, I mean, it's hard for anybody to actually get their hands on silver, which is why they try to send the certificates, and that's why you're selling yeah. it with the physical. But for you and your ordering, is it getting tougher for you to actually get some as well? I basically have a thirty day guarantee. I'm the uh, largest purchaser of silver from this particular company but at the same time the other day we had over 40,000 ounces of silver in stock but they all got caught up we kind of had a lull where people kind of quit buying had a lull got all caught up and I had over 40,000 ounces today I'm setting on about 5,500 so Mm -hmm. I'm about 35,000 ounces behind right now sure and you can and uh, and so and I've had to go to two suppliers instead of one because if I was with one supplier I'd be out of silver like everybody else. Yeah. What's the what's the most popular that people are coming in and getting? Just like the basic rounds? Yeah, just simple basic silver rounds. It's the best buy bang for the buck. Sure. Eagles premiums are too high. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what about the you talk about the junk silver? I mean, is that still a popular commodity as well? We have sold God last week. We sold a lot of junk silver. I actually had to go out and try to find some wholesale and buy some. I had to buy two thousand two thousand dollars face. Mm-hmm. which would be over 100 pounds of junk silver, wow. and that didn't replace what we sold. I just what I felt I had to buy back in to keep it in stock sure. for customers. When you talk to people about their portfolio, and we haven't talked about this in a while, but the, their portfolio, you kind of talk about them diversifying it to make sure they have a little bit of everything as well. Uh, so breakdown for those that may not know, what is the junk silver again? I mean, what how does that break up to? Well, junk silver is coins that the United States government produced before 64. Dimes, quarters, and halves are all 90% silver. If you have a dollar forty, that in is in essence one troy ounce, and so basically, if we go to a barter economy and somebody wants a half an ounce for something, and you don't want to, and they can't make change, and you give them your ounce, then you're going to have to pay an ounce for a half an ounce. So, if you can give them seventy cents, that would be your half ounce, or you give them thirty five cents would be a quarter of an ounce. So you know, so it's a way of being able to make small change. In other words, you know. You, break break a silver round you know yeah and that's an ounce and break it down so it's like you know it's just like taking you know all you all you got is 50 dollar bills in your pocket and try to spend them sure so you so you go somewhere go to walmart or someplace and buy something for three dollars just seeing him a 50 dollar bill so you can get a couple 20s and some small stuff so you can go do business somewhere else sure and so that that's the advantage but at the same time if the economy gets bad I don't got how it could get any worse than where we're at now. <laughs> I, I couldn't ever dream these numbers. And now we're getting, you know, they're talking inflation at 13% on food last month. Yeah. And Biden's telling us it's getting better. Uh, and there's people believe this stuff. I can't believe, I can't believe these people have got their eyes closed. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know how they try and lie. They they literally have not tried to even beat around the bush anymore or just try and just manipulate. They're full out just lying to us straight up. And I don't know how people are buying this stuff, but we're out of time, my friend. If this is the way for the security, the gold and silver in hand, the tangible stuff, that's what you guys have there at Phil's Coins. You guys are opening up here in just a couple of minutes, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. Phil, always good to talk to you, my friend. Happy October, and we'll get you back in here in a couple weeks again. 
Well, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you people that take the time to listen to me. And all I can tell you is God bless all of you. Always a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. We'll take a break here. Open line to you. we got some calls on the line. Hang tight. We'll get to you here in just a second. I want to ask you the question, what type of identity does Kansas have? What are we known for? And how does it compare to places like, I don't know, New York? We'll do that when we come back here right around the corner. Stay here. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into the program. Darn right. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure. On a Saturday morning, trying to get you up and moving for the weekend. It's going to be a great one, too. 80 degrees, nice and sunny. Welcome into it. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join in, we appreciate Phil Martinez coming on the program. We get him on, I don't know, once or twice a month or so. Also, want to give a shout out to another one of our great partners here on the program and on KQAM Airwaves, Napoleon Appliance Repair. We're going to get these guys on the show as well and talk about what they do. Pick their brain a little bit here in the next uh, couple weeks or so. Napoleon Appliance Repair. Any appliances that you may struggle with in your home, make sure to... Get it checked out. You don't always need to go and buy new stuff. You can get it repaired, get it working just like new again. It's Napoleon Appliance Repair. They specialize in the refrigerators. That's the biggest one. I told you this story a couple weeks ago. Our refrigerator died, oh, I don't know, about a year or so ago. And it was just dead. We had to get a new one, unfortunately. But uh, there's one thing that I'm going to have to have these guys come out and check it out for me. Because for some reason, every time that it's hot outside and we need ice, then the ice maker in the refrigerator stops working. It works all great during the wintertime, and I still eat ice during the wintertime. I have to have ice in my drink all the time because I'm just a dork like that. And then you got to chew on the ice and crunch it, and it annoys my wife and my little one, and then she starts doing it, and then it's a whole thing, and we're just crunching around eating ice. But every time that I need it, when it's really hot... My ice dispenser stops working, and then it starts working again in the wintertime. I don't understand it, and that means I'm going to have to call these guys out. Napoleon Appliance Repair. You can find them online uh, on Facebook at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. Also, give them a call at 316-409-1525. Again, 316-409-1525 with Napoleon Appliance Repair. And we'll chat with those guys on the program here uh, coming up soon as well. All right, we got a lot to get to. Hour number two, we have Alan Cobb, Kansas Chamber of Commerce. And we'll talk about the economy, as we just talked about a little bit with Phil Martinez. But we'll get the thoughts from the small businesses. We'll get uh, the idea of inflation, the economy here in the state, with the industries that are coming here and how we fare compared to some of the other states. Also, bottom of next hour, James Langford, U.S. Senator out of the state of Oklahoma. We'll play that interview that we did just a couple days ago with him as well. But right now... And we have the phones lit up, so I want to get to you as well and ask you this. What type of brand does Kansas have? What are we known for here in Kansas? And do we fare to the rest of the country with other states? I'm sure you've seen this, but uh, this week, the New York City mayor, the left-wing hacks that they are, Trying to be, you know, of course, they're the they're the big apple. They're the breadbasket, not the breadbasket. They're the heart of America. They are the largest city. They're the focus, the center point of the world. 
which is where everybody loves, and that's what they try to hail themselves as. And look, I've always wanted to go to New York City, never been there, but I wouldn't go right now. As they say, they have a brand, but no one else like Kansas, those guys in Kansas, they don't have a brand. According to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, quote, we have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. When we go there, it's not. Candace doesn't have a brand. When you go there, okay, you're from Kansas. No, you know what? But New York has a brand. So my question to you, after feeling extremely offended by the New York City mayor by saying that Candace doesn't have a brand and poo-pooing our state just because, well, you know, New York City's the heart of the world, so, so to speak, and the Big Apple and where the focus point of the world actually is, cool, what kind of brand does the state of Kansas have? Um... I'd say we have a great brand. Let's break down the brand real quickly for New York City, uh, New York City, shall we? I mean, right now, sure, you have some cool structures. You have some sporting teams. You have the heart, not to knock anybody from New York City. You have the heart. I love the accents, your New York and your New Jersey accents. and I, I love it. I dig it. You have a lot of culture. Cool. You know, what, you know what else you have? You also have a lot of crime. You know what else you have? You have a lot of shootings. You know what else you have? You also have a big target on your back for terrorist attacks. You used to be great when Rudy Giuliani and Republicans were in control there when crime was down and terrorists didn't try to come after you. And then we did handle it great because we were patriotic back then. Yeah, we have a brand in New York City now that's been tainted and it's been tainted by Democrats. You still have a decent brand, but you also have a negative connotation with your brand now. So I wouldn't get too uppity about how great New York City is because guess what? Candace has a lot to offer as well. We are literally the breadbasket of America. You don't eat New York City unless we harvest our crops and uh, grow our cattle here in the state of Kansas. Just throwing that out there. We may be that flyover. We may not have anything too spectacular or exciting, and we may move a little bit slower than you there in New York City, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a brand. But that nice little cheap shot from the New York City mayor, how does that rub you wrong here in the state of Kansas? Get your thoughts. 316-721-8255. Line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, what's going on, sir? How are we doing? Well, my issue is with the uh, city of wichita police department and the central inspection it seems like they keep getting kickbacks from people because they're telling well you know to get a plumbing inspector or electrical inspector you gotta uh, pay them off the money as well as the central inspection people because i'm hearing stuff like well you gotta have a permit to paint your house to put up a fence to put a roof on your own house i mean i'm, I'm kind of question whether these things are actually accurate or not but it doesn't surprise me and then also the city of wichita is a police department like i said they're playing politics they're trying to get more money to underserve the public here uh, by having these meetings about stuff that they claim they're going to do or want to do but in actuality they're just trying to get more money for their department so they have to play politics and you know when you play politics in this state just like in other places they make a lot of promises, but they're not going to actually do anything. They're just trying to get you to bring in the money. Well, just bring us in the money, and then we'll uh, uh, forget about what we said. We're just going to just do what we've been doing, which is nothing. And so between the public, uh, police department, uh, the central inspection, the brand they, they created is BS. Mm. And uh, 
Uh, I think the public's kind of sick of that type of stuff. We, we need to get some deregulation of these bureaucrats and get them off of our, uh, our, our back, you know, get the monkey off our back, if you will. Sure. We need to deregulate these folks really bad. Well, I'm with you. I it goes beyond just the police department in the city as well. I mean, it's uh, if you go to an HOA, if you live in a community with a with an HOA, you have to do the same thing. You have to get a permit in order to build a garage or to do something with your home, which is why I've sworn that I'm never going to live in an HOA because if someone tries to tell me what to do in my own property, that I'm going to put a massive toilet in the middle of my front yard and make it a flower pot for all to see because no one's going to tell me what to do with my own property. So uh, sorry for those that live in an HOA in those kind of communities. I, I, I just <laughs> I can't do it, and I'm not going to live that way, and someone tell me what I can and cannot do with my own property. So we have a lot of deregulation to do across the board. Maybe is that the brand of Kansas is uh, massive regulation. We're the flyover nation, and we're relatively Republican here in the state of Kansas, but we do have a lot of regulations. Maybe that's part of our brand. Scott, I appreciate that. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. The brand of Kansas. What do we represent nationwide, and how do we fare compared to other states and the nation? Let's go to line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Mr. Andy. Mr. Sean, how are you, my friend? Oh, fantastic, dude. There we go. In all this beautiful weather, I'm sitting out here, have my coffee on a sidewalk, table, just down here in you know delano just really nice you know hey listen I love it. Uh, i'll i'm gonna answer your question okay. real quick like and then i got a question for you and it's a doozy so no you, all right i'm ready put, put on your thinking cap buddy okay <laughs> first, first of all when it comes to the mayor of new york city i don't pay him no never mind he's a dipstick and he you know i he's only going to be there for i don't know how long he's been mayor right now what a year maybe uh yeah it hasn't been very long for sure well you know all of the good people have uh probably fled new york city by now if they're not they're in the process so if he gets reelected, it's only because there's nothing left but idiots to elect idiots so, well, there uh, is some optimism there, too. I mean, there is the uh, Rudy Giuliani's son, Andrew, I believe, Andrew Giuliani. He's, from what I've heard, that there's a rumor of him wanting to run for mayor and try and bring it back to the old school Republican ways of New York City of getting rid of crime and letting things flourish and bringing people back. So there is some optimism there. And, and again, I love New York. I've always wanted to go. But with the way they run things now with their crime rates and their taxation, they're the ones that are taxing big gulps at like an 80 percent taxation rate because, by golly, we're going to keep you healthy by taxing you if you're going to buy those really bad, big things of soda at the gas station. Yeah. Well, um, I thought he was running for governor, but okay. Yeah, he'd, he'd be great for New York City. So anyway, in terms of a brand, don't forget we're the air capital of the world. That's right, the air capital of the world. We have a brand there, and that's specifically here in South Central Kansas. But as Kansas as a whole, you're right. We are the middle of the country where we have aviation that has focused a lot of attention in our area. So you know what? We have something great going for us there, too. Yeah, okay. Now, here we go. Here All we right. go for the big, the big kahuna. What do you got? <clears throat> now, uh, let me see. Um, we've been getting hammered. By nice weather, just day after day. Really, you stop and think about it. It hasn't been blazing hot, low humidity, very nice out in the mornings, and you know, nice and cool. And it's just, you know, and so my question is, when this hurricane, okay, when this hurricane was headed to uh, uh, Florida, okay, 
So the, the meteorologists at the National Hurricane Center, they're, they're using computers to track this thing, and they got all these different models of where uh, the hurricane might hit, right? And they and uh, near the end there, they finally settled on Tampa, okay? But the hurricane didn't hit there. It hit farther south, uh, down around Fort Myers and, uh, well, Fort Myers, Sarasota. Okay, sure. so it followed a lot of the track, I guess you could say, but not, not all of it. So my question is, if meteorologists can't predict exactly where a hurricane is going to first hit when it's only a few days out, how in the hell, and they're using computer models, how in the hell can a climate change scientist predict using computer models what the hell the weather's going to be like 150 years from now? Does that make any sense to you, number one? And number two, if all this climate change is supposedly causing bad weather, you know, well, doesn't it cause good weather too? So if we get rid of climate change, we get rid of fossil fuels uh, and all that stuff. Don't we get rid of the weather and all we're left is with is nothingness? Well, that's a good question. So the first question is, you're right. I mean, they have a hard time tracking. They can guesstimate, but depending on which way the winds blow and which direction it's going to go, you're right. That is very difficult to track. So that does bring up the question of how can you track things from all the way back then. And yes, I mean, heaven forbid they say that this is caused by climate change, man-made, remember, man-made climate change causing all these hurricanes during hurricane season where, you're right, we haven't seen a severe one like this in a few years in the state of Florida. But nonetheless, they're not uncommon. And while this one is a doozy, we've seen other bad ones like this as well. That's the problem that I have, honestly, with like the, the doomsday and the end of the world and the, uh, the, the, the rapture types of like, oh, there's wars and rumors of wars and the climate's going to change and there's going to be more storms. And it's going to we've always seen these things. We've always seen storms. We've always seen hurricanes. We've always seen wildfires. We've always seen wars. We've always heard about potential wars. We've always seen them now with technology. We can track them better because we can see more of what's going on around the world but they're always there so i don't know unless you know until it gets to the point where like wow this is uh this is affecting everybody like there's a hurricane that's affecting the entire world then you know we've always seen these things i don't know how today is any different than what we've seen a thousand years ago so that's a great question sean i appreciate that very much 316-721-8255 the aviation capital of the world that's what the brand is here in the state of kansas according to sean is that true and uh how does that fare to new york city because if i got they have a brand kansas doesn't have a brand Apparently, he's never been out here to Kansas. Let's go back to the lines here, shall we? Line at number three. Good morning. Who's this? This is Ray. Ray, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I was going to say uh, air capital uh, of the world, but uh, there's another brand that started here, and it's called Pizza Hut. Oh, that's right. Pizza Hut originated from Kansas as well. Uh, see, I'm sure, and I wonder if he eats pizza. <laughs> yep. I love it. That's a good one, Ray. I appreciate that. That's good. I mean, that's another brand. See, Kansas ain't nothing. Remember, we also had Superman. Just throwing that out there. We have Superman that's originated from Kansas as well. <laughs> I think that that's something that we should be proud of. Uh, there was a list of, there was an article out of the Speaker Capital Journal that talked about some of the uh, celebrities that actually came from uh, Kansas as well that I, I don't even know a lot of those. But uh, Kirstie Alley, obviously, coming out of the witch side here. Don Johnson. Don Johnson, he's the guy from Miami Vice, right? 
I didn't know he was from Kansas either. But uh, the Martina McBride and a few others that come out uh, that apparently came out of Kansas. So we have a reputation. Don't lump us into just that flyover state that means absolutely nothing. Here in the heart of the country with Kansas, I'll throw in Nebraska, in Oklahoma, and Missouri, and down into Arizona, and New Mexico, and Wyoming, and all the Dakotas, we have a better brand, at least in my humble opinion, because, you know, us hailing from here, we have a bigger and better brand than I think some of those bigger cities that, of course, they have just about everything you could think of, but guess what? We have something unique. We have things that they don't have. We have open land where you can actually enjoy nature again. We actually have places where you can go into the quiet and the solitude away from the bustling that's like New York City that runs 24 hours a day. We have things that you can't find anywhere else, and I think that's pretty amazing and pretty special for us. So you know what, New York City Mayor, to Hank with you, and you can say whatever you want to about our brand. Our brand, I think, is a little less tainted than your brand in New York City. Just trying to stop mass shootings every other day in your streets. All right, we've got to take a break here. When we come back, we'll get our update from the AARP to wrap up hour number one. Hour number two, we have a lot of stuff to talk about as well with Alan Cobb, Kansas Chamber of Commerce. Maybe he's got a brand for us. We'll chat with that. Plus, James Langford, U.S. Senator out of the state of Oklahoma. We'll move down south to talk about the economy, talk about inflation. We'll talk about elections a little bit and a heck of a lot more. Plus, want to get your phone calls. As we do this, also, as a reminder, today, it's ongoing right now. I'll be out there in a little bit at Lake Afton. There is the Hunter Safety Course going on for children. Sponsored by us here, yours truly, with KQAM, KGSO, Hank FM, La Raza, all of our great radio stations. We'll be out there. I'll be out there after the program today about noonish, helping facilitate, helping kids get educated on their Hunter Safety Courses, learning about firearms, learning about the safety of firearms, and getting trained up to be able to go out and hunt and enjoy the great outdoors, unlike what you can do in the state of New York and New York City. Just throwing that out there as well. Lots more coming up on the show. Stay here. We're talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online, aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. And Mary's back online with us again this week. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great, Annie. It's a great day. It is a great day indeed, and it's always good to chat with you. We talk a lot about your Fraud Watch Network. There's a lot of frauds going on out there right now. First off, we are getting close to Medicare enrollment for the end of the year and fall season already, which means we have to remind everybody about some potential Medicare scams that are coming up here soon. That's right. You know, and Medicare enrollment starts on um, October 15th, and so the scammers know that. They, they, they know what's in the news. They know what's on people's minds. So beware. We want to make sure people know that Medicare just doesn't call you up out of the blue and say, hey, we have this this piece of, of medical equipment like a knee brace or a hip brace or, or a, a breathing machine that you need and Medicare will pay for. Just let, just let us know if you're interested. Well, Medicare doesn't do that. So um, you know it's a scam right away. So, and we call these imposter scams, and, and, and they happen all the time um, with IRS, Social Security, and Medicare. And, in fact, Social Security imposter scams were the most frequently reported scam in 2021. So, and, and what they do is they just, 
they just impersonate somebody from the IRS, the Social Security Administration, um, and, and they and they tell you that that something bad is going to happen. So we have five um, red flags to look for when you when you might get one of those scams, and they're going to come on your phone. They may come through your email. They may come through a text. So you always have to be aware when you get these things out of the blue. But one, they threaten to, su- to suspend your Social Security number or your Medicare number. They warn of an arrest or other legal action against you, which is going to get you, you know, very excited and, and worried. Um, and you may do something that, that you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, they make demands that you make immediate payment, uh, may tell you to go out and get, get a gift card and, and pay them. Um, they pressure you very heavily to disclose personal information. For example, on the Medicare card, they'll say, we just need those last three numbers on your Medicare card and, and try to trick you into giving them the whole Medicare card number. And then they promise to increase your Social Security benefits. So who doesn't want to hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, just some little tips and tricks that they use to to try to get personal information, to get you worried and hyped up so that you're going to not think about the action you're going to take. You're just going to do what they tell you to because you're worried something bad might happen to you. So we want to make sure people are aware that those calls are going to be coming um, now that Medicare season, is, the open enrollment season is, is almost on us. And um, just just beware. Don't give anything out to anybody you don't know. That is great information. I mean, the financial issue is such a vulnerable emotional issue anyways, because that's your livelihood, especially if you're on Medicare, if you're on Social Security. And now with the Social Security benefits, imposter scams as well. I mean, both of these things are such a personal, vulnerable situation for people to be in that you could lose everything if you get scammed by this potentially. Exactly. And, and and the scammers know that. And that's what they're going to tell you to get you all excited and worried and, and possibly ready to give information out that you shouldn't. So just beware. Absolutely. I love it. We got a couple minutes left here, Mary, but talk about what else is going on as you guys have some events coming up. It's getting fall season. I can't believe we're saying this, but October is already here and uh, it's time for some of the fall festivities to begin. I know. It's so exciting. And we're very excited that we're going to have some events in Wichita and we're inviting everyone to come out and join us. One on October 10th is the Food Truck Festival. It's from 5 to 7 at the Grandparents Park near Estelle and Kellogg. Just come on out. We'd like to see you and you can have a free meal from one of the food trucks there. And then the next night, we're talking about voter education and providing some resources about making sure you know how and where and when to go vote um, for the November elections. And that's going to be at Jenny Don Sellers, uh, 703 East Douglas. And um, I think that's from 6 to 8. So, And then we're going to have a Movies for Grownups, uh, first time in Wichita in a, in a couple of years. So we're very excited about that. That's October 13th at the Warren Theater West. So uh, check out our website, and you can find out all about those events, and hopefully you can you can join us there. Yeah, a lot of great stuff, and I love the fact that Movies for Grownups is coming back again. I know with COVID, it's put a damper on it, but now things are back and hopefully getting underway again. If people want to reach out, see some of the events or get all the information you just talked about, how can they reach out to you guys? They can reach out by, uh, the best way is go on our website at www.aarp.org slash KS, 
and you'll find the list of events and that and it gives you registration information, especially for the wine tasting at Jenny Don Sellers. You need to register to be able to go to that one. So be sure and, and look for the information at all of them. Register to attend, and we'll see them there. We'll see them there. AARP.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on the social media as well, keeping you up to date on all the information. Mary, we appreciate it very much. Let's do it again next week. Oh, that sounds great, Andy. Thank you. All right, there it is. That's the AARP. We'll talk with them again next week. Right around the corner, top of the hour, we got top of the hour news. Hour number two of Kansas Talk. Coming up here shortly, lots more to talk about as we kick off your Saturday morning, kick off your October 1st. It's what it's all about right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Stay here. We haven't yet learned to read the media upside down. You gotta learn to read these things upside down. No bats in a Wuhan lab means there are bats in a Wuhan lab. Dr. Fauci, we definitely didn't fund gain-of-function research where we make viruses more powerful. Read it upside down. We definitely must have funded gain-of-function research. The Chinese government, there is no human-to-human transmission of the coronavirus. There's definitely human-to-human transmission. Live middays 11 till 2, right here on KQAM. The Dan Bongino Show. Hi, I'm Truth Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Good Saturday morning to you, making things happen here on a Saturday, getting you up, getting you moving on a, not just a Saturday, but it's fall time. It's also the first day of October. My mind is absolutely blown. We are here, one of my favorite months of the entire year, not just because my birthday's in this month, which I'm just throwing that out there nonchalantly, but (laughs) no, it's October, which means fall time is like the coolest time of the whole year. Halloween time is one of the coolest times of the entire year. The cooler weather is one of the cooler times of the entire year. Pun intended for that one. (laughs) See what I did there? Cool, cool, cool stuff. Yeah. Anyways, it's October, and you should love it as much as I should. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the show, we would love to hear from you. we got a lot to get to this hour, so let's jump right into it. As we talk, I guess this is kind of election stuff. Let's get into some election conversations. It's time to meet the candidate. The government works for us, not the other way around. Elections 2022. Elections 2022. As we sat down yesterday with Alan Cobb, Kansas uh, CEO and President of the Kansas Chamber of Commerce, to talk about the economy, inflation, small business, and a heck of a lot more. And this is what he had to say with us right here on Kansas Talk. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today on another Saturday morning. Always a pleasure here. Really happy to have this guy on the program as we talk about upcoming elections. We talk about the economy, how things are going here in the state of Kansas. And nationwide, he is the president, CEO of the Kansas Chamber of Commerce. Excited to have back on the program, Mr. Alan Cobb. Alan, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, always good to chat with you. It's been a little bit since we've had you on the show, and it's much needed because, Alan, right now we're dealing with nationally, we're dealing with over 9% inflation. We're dealing with interest rate hikes. We're dealing with tax receipts coming into the federal government larger than ever before, but yet we can't get our budget 
under control. In the state of Kansas, how is all this stuff affecting us right now? We're still battling over $3 gallons of gas right now across the state. Inflation's ridiculous. Uh, how are we faring here in the state, do you think? Oh, I guess if you could ca- compare ourselves to the other 50 states, which is always you know fair comparisons, like most of the time, we're doing okay. Not great. Um, some measures would have us probably in the bottom 10 states and on some job growth. There's certain, some bright spots, uh, aviation is, is returning. Um, and I, I'm really optimistic in the future on, on aviation and people are not going to quit flying. And, uh, you've got two, two huge companies in Wichita Spirit and Textron that are doing well and expanding. You've got e-aviation. Uh, with with Textron headquartered in Wichita now, Learjet is had their or I'm sorry Bombardier their their uh, North American defense headquarters. They chose Wichita, uh, and it doesn't it, it certainly has a big impact on South Central Kansas. But one one of the biggest aerospace companies in this in the state is Garmin uh, in Olathic because they make uh, their world class avionics, and so that's great that they have a big customer in Textron just two and a half hours down I-35. Uh, but obviously, they're selling to all aviation companies. So I'm certainly optimistic, but uh, we're just we're kind of we're kind of plugging along. Yeah, I, at least we're plugging along. I mean, that's better, I think, than some areas, like you said. So we're doing okay compared to other places regarding the aviation industry specifically. Like you mentioned, I mean, obviously, that's a big industry here in the Wichita area, and it's kind of expanding outward. Have you seen any shift away from, or at least increasing or adding to the value of the aviation industry from just building airplanes to now even going to the tech side of things. I know we've done some uh, different uh, contracts for NASA and building parts for there, but now we're seeing a lot, of the, a lot of the digital stuff, a lot of the online stuff, and a lot of the tech industry is moving to the area. Is that beneficial for the aviation industry here, do you think? Oh, absolutely. It's beneficial and beneficial for Kansas. Um, there's certain certain data points that, that show that most job growth in the U.S. is from small tech companies. If you have net job growth, obviously you have lots of employees at Spirit and Textron, but the growth is having the small tech uh, tech companies, and uh, the I, I think it's Integra, but a company that moved from uh, California to Wichita, I think a couple hundred employees. Uh, I think uh, they're focused uh, on I, I think some chip manufacturing and also there's cybersecurity that's growing across the state. That's growing a lot in the Kansas City area, and that certainly has a lot to do with how you fly an airplane and and uh, all all of the tech stuff. I mean, I mean, these are sophisticated things, but think about how sophisticated brand new cars are. I mean, they are dang close to self-driving and that's just, you know, a Ford you pick up off the, the, uh, off the, the dealer's show showroom. And so that's obviously very, very sophisticated for, for airplanes. And you mentioned space. Space is uh, obviously, that's a growth area for Wichita, uh, the modification and repair that's being expanded on the Wichita's flight line, that's all positive. And again, it's, there are aviation subcontractors all over Kansas. It's not just the Wichita area, so that's good. Um, financial services, uh, that's a, a big part of the state and the Topeka area. And a lot of what we're seeing is not a lot of job growth, but productivity increases, which would mean that that one employee is doing more well, and of course, you can kind of visualize it a little bit more with manufacturing, where there's a lot more avia, or I'm sorry, a lot, uh, a lot of uh, automation and robotics, things like that. But the tools for the financial services industry are are getting more sophisticated, and so that one employee can can do more, and that's 
Hmm. I mean, that's a positive thing when we're not growing, we're not growing jobs. We need the folks that are here to, to be doing more. And the question about jobs and the lack of workers, that's a problem in Kansas. It's a problem everywhere. And for the new Panasonic electric battery complex in Johnson County, 4,000 employees, you think, well, where are they going to find them? Well, they're going to poach them from other folks, but people probably will move. Maybe you get some people off the unemployment rolls. But that if they put the Panasonic plan in Oklahoma or Florida or Texas, they would have the same problem of how, how where are we going to find find the workers to do the things we need. And I've, you've seen the data. There's more job openings than there are folks that are unemployed. So there's there's a mismatch there. Mm-hmm. And that's just, there's no other, that's just a challenge that there is no easy answer there. Um, hopefully finding folks. Uh, I, I do see companies and some of the workforce apparatus that are making very diligent efforts to find new employees, meaning folks that are, whether it's second chance citizens that are coming off probation to early retirees, folks with disabilities, uh, folks that are uh, folks that that for whatever reason they are not working, but maybe they can be recruited. So I feel like most companies that have these the shortage, it's a, all of the above approach. They're doing everything. They're giving jobs to folks who are finishing up before they even graduate with an associate or or a, or a bachelor's degree. And I know this term has been used a little bit, kind of stocking some of the students so that and paying for their their associate's degree or undergraduate with a promise to work for the company for a while. So that's that's a big part of the question of how does Kansas and the rest of the, the country handle the shortage of workers, demographics um, are not in favor, fewer babies. And of course, as all of a sudden the birth rate started increasing today, well, that's another 16, 18, 20 years before we'd see the results of it. So it's a yeah. it's a conundrum. There's no question. It is a conundrum. I, I think that's a good position personally to be in. I mean, obviously it has its obstacles, but I think it's better than the alternative of having all these jobs maxed out and everybody sitting around trying to find a job, um, which is, you know, positions that we've been in later uh, as well. Yes. On the tech industry, before we kind of move on from that one, though, I have also seen, I mean, as well, it's, it's good news as, as crazy as it is and with some of the conversations politically from those but it's good news that we're almost staying up with the times with this tech industry. I mean, we're, we're seeing the announcement as well with the building of uh, electric vehicle batteries here in the state as well. So uh, at least even with the changing of society and with technology, it seems like Kansas is kind of staying in the forefront of it. They are. And it's, uh, there are cybersecurity. So cybersecurity is one of the, the big areas that tech is focusing. And it is a growth area in Kansas City, but there are small towns in Kansas that have that have cybersecurity and or tech jobs. So it's not just the, it's not just the urban areas and that's good, good for, for rural Kansas. Well, anything that's good for rural Kansas is good for Kansas and by and urban Kansas is good for Kansas. Yeah. This is, these are not um, mutually exclusive. It is not a zero sum game. So there are some, some bright spots for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's shift gears a little bit to energy. Obviously, with the high gas prices, with the Biden administration trying to put so many regulations on the oil and natural gas industry, not allowing. I mean, we're seeing the hurricane right now and the Biden's uh, Biden administration's response is, please don't raise gas prices, oil companies, because that's all he thinks about. At the same time, we've talked with Kansas Strong here a couple of times on the program with Warren Martin talking about the uh, oil and natural gas industry. But from your perspective, economically, is that an industry that's still doing okay, or is that industry struggling right now in Kansas? Uh, it's doing okay. Uh, the price of oil obviously helped. Uh, it is such a cyclical business with the price of oil going up and down. 
And uh, that's going to remain a, a key piece of the the Kansas economy, no matter what the Biden administration or folks that tend to be left of center think about fossil fuels, we're not doing away with them anytime soon. I mean, it just is not happening. And what California is going to ban, or try, we'll see if they actually do it, but ban internal combustion engines by 2035. Well, that's still 13 years away. And then you're still going to have all of those cars that were built the year before the ban that need gas. And then we're, I mentioned Textron's E aviation where it's battery operated airplanes, but they're small. They're for cargo training, maybe air taxis within a certain area. Who knows how long we are, if ever, before you're going to have a passenger airplane. And as the middle class grows across the globe, which is it's exploding in Africa and Asia, well, what do they want to do? They want to travel. And they're going to be traveling in Boeing 737s that are a big chunk of those are made in Wichita, of course, besides other parts made for the 737 all over Kansas. So it's going to be a long, long time before uh, we can have a functioning society without fossil fuels, maybe maybe ever. But uh, electric vehicles, it's going to take a, take a while before you see, in my view, before you see a, a major, a major part of uh, – the, the total number of cars on the road, because you think about how many old cars there are. And it, I thought it was interesting, uh, Ford announced that I think they have an electric Mustang, but they still want to produce a gas-powered Mustang because that's what people who drive Mustangs want. They want to have that power and zip and also <laughs> the sound of the exhaust coming through an internal combustion engine. Apparently, they did some market research that Folks who want those fast, sporty cars, they they want to hear them. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fascinating. It is fascinating. Well, they've uh, there was a some social media individuals that tried to test out some of the electric vehicles as well, and with the new electric trucks that are coming out, they tried to tow uh, a boat or tried to tow, tow some kind of trailer and test the horsepower on it, and they got a quarter of the way of what they usually do with a gas-powered truck. And it just lost its power. The, the The battery couldn't hold up with the strain on it. So obviously we're moving slowly in that direction. But here in Kansas, especially where we have a lot of farmers, a lot of agriculture and rural communities, it's not going to change overnight. It's going to take some time because it's not efficient enough to just maintain. Uh, correct. And that's an example of one of the challenges with electric vehicles. I know they've made, they've made strides, but just that, you know, if, you, if I fill up, uh, my wife's SUV, I think we have 500 miles. So we can get to, I think we can get to Colorado Springs on one tank. But if you're traveling in an EV from Topeka to Colorado Springs, you're going to have to stop a couple times, plug it in and get a cup of coffee. And there's just lots of people who don't want to do that. <laughs> and they have made strides. There's no question. But one of the challenges when I talk to the Textron Aviation folks, uh, they, of course, uh, even a small plane has the same issues. The battery life has a certain amount. Sure. And so you got to kind of hop between towns. And if you're, there's certain um, airports, uh, civilian airports, I'm not talking about commercial, that they just have 110 volt uh, plug ins. They don't have 220s. And so it takes longer to plug it in. And so there's infrastructure issues there too that are going to, it's just going to, it's just going to, going to take a while. There, like anything else in life for public policy, there are no, there are no silver bullets. Yeah. And sometimes the answers are easy. How you get there, though, oh, so cut emissions, let's have electric vehicles. Well, okay, you still have a lot of electricity produced by coal and natural gas, so you've got emissions. And then uh, just the things, the challenges that we just mentioned about 
as far as towing capacity and and uh, battery life those are they're they're still more still out there. Yeah, yeah, it's still a work in progress for sure. We're talking with Alan Cobb, President and CEO of the Kansas Chamber of Commerce. Got a few minutes left here, but let's shift gears. Let's talk about the budget here in the state of Kansas. Some taxes as well. Obviously, we've had a lot of money come in from the COVID nineteen stimulus over the last couple of years as we try and rebound and recover and get back to quote unquote normal after the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously the election is going to have a lot of impact on who's going to run the governorship, uh, the, the makeup of the state legislature, so on and so forth uh, moving forward. But uh, from your perspective, uh, how does the budget look right now? How does the taxes look? We're going to be cutting the sales tax on food uh, incrementally over the next few years here. But uh, going into the new legislative session for 2023, what's kind of top of mind for you economically in the state and how do we look? Well, the budget is at a record level. Revenues are at record levels. I should have looked this up, but I believe in the month of July alone, our receipts were, I think, $137 million above projections. That's just one month. Wow. And that's been continuing for months and months. Now, the concern is, concern if I were a legislator or governor, is what happens if you have a recession and then that all changes. But... You have states, uh, we still have competitive issues with our tax code. There are states that are moving quickly to flat or flat or tax, flat or tax uh, brackets and or just lowering rates. And so we're still, I think, second highest in the region on top individual rate, top corporate rate, I think next to Nebraska. So there are some things that the legislature can do and there's dollars to do it. And, of course, one of the things the legislature or nor governor or either party doesn't always manage very well is the budget. It's There's two sides of the coin, and what's the tax revenue and then what's the budget. And priorities ought to be funded and ought to take a look at things that maybe ought not to be funded anymore because they're not because they're not working. Yeah. Um, so I would expect no matter – well, the Governor Kelly came out yesterday uh, with some more – tax cut proposals. I'm forgetting what those are. Uh, Derek Schmidt has come out with several. So you're going to see taxes cut next year. The question is, is how much and, and which particular taxes. Uh, the Democrat House members came out with a plan to lower property taxes. I find I'm frustrated with that argument because property taxes are 98% driven by local government. Yeah. And I don't think it's, I don't think the legislature should be funding property tax cuts. It ought to be up to the city of Wichita, Central County, Look at your budgets, lower property taxes. So, um, but there's certain things the state can do. Exempt exempt certain dollar level of, of uh, your house or business before the property taxes kick in. Things like that. Sure. Do you think that local uh, city city governments, county governments, even school boards across the state have done well with a lot of the COVID nineteen relief money that's come in to not expand their budget to where they're going to be hurting in a couple of years when that money doesn't come back in, but actually try and take care of things that need to be taken care of right now? How, uh, have we been efficient in that government spending? I'm sure we have not. I, I <laughs> Honestly, I, it has been hard to track. You've got 105 counties, 600 cities, 280 school districts. And besides, then you've got hospital districts, et cetera, that all levels of government receive COVID funding. And I, this is antidote, but having talked to some school superintendents and some other local government folks are like, there, there, there is not an official. We don't know what to do with this money. Now, that's not a bad problem to have, but then you don't want to waste it and or, and or start a program that 10 years later, you still got to fund and it's dinging, dinging the budget. So right. I'm sure we've not been efficient with it uh, overall. Doesn't mean there's not some bright spots or examples of what, uh, what, what could, what the dollars could be used, hopefully for infrastructure, one time kind of, of spending. So, uh, 
that, but it's a good question. I, it'll probably take years and years to fully account for all of the COVID spending, both at the state, local, state, and federal level. Sure. I, I, it's just it's going to be a complicated uh, forensic accounting project, and I don't know if anybody will take that project on or not. Yeah, that's going to be a mess. Last question before we let you go. Again, it's Alan Cobb, uh, Chamber of Commerce here for the state of Kansas. But uh, the mood from businesses, obviously you guys work with a lot of businesses across the state. And outside of the labor issue with trying to find workers for many of the businesses, uh, what is the mood in the business industry right now? Are they optimistic after COVID? Are they about back to normal right now? Are they in the mode of trying to expand or are they still trying just to be in the maintain mode right now? A little of, of all those things depends on the industry, depends on the individual. Business owners, by nature, are optimistic, or you wouldn't be a business owner. Yeah. And uh, there are are concerns still about supply chain, and there's certainly concerns about inflation, and uh, that hasn't sorted it all itself all out because it's a little circuitous, like. Okay, so this price is steel. I have to pay more. Well, then I'm going to have to increase the price of my product made out of steel or aluminum. And then the person who buys that, if they're a business and they're, then they, you know, you just have to keep rising, uh, raising prices. Uh, they're outside of the workforce. I'd say generally feeling, feeling, or the work shortage, feeling fairly, fairly good with those two cautions, and those are pretty major: supply chain and and inflation. And I, boy, there's not really any daylight on, on inflation that I, I can see. And you've got yeah. mortgage rates up to six and a half, six point six percent 6.6%, which is, I think, the highest in 25, 30 years. Uh, not exactly sure. So those, those kind, so if the price of the mortgage is going up, then business loan interest or interest rates are going up. And so that, that will slow down growth. Uh, it will tell you if a business wants to expand, go get a million dollar loan. Well, that loan just costs a heck of a lot more to service, and they're going to be more cautious on expanding if they have to do it through debt. Yeah, it is frustrating, and, and it's not creating a very good environmental, uh, a business environmentally friendly scenario right now, I think, for a lot of those businesses because of those interest rates. And of course, that hasn't stopped or hasn't fixed a lot of the issues with inflation right now, but yet for the fourth time, let's just go ahead and raise interest rates again. And that's the genius from the Federal Reserve thinking that's going to solve, solve the issue somehow instead of let's just stop printing money and spending so much at the federal level right now. Uh, agree with you. I, I, one of the many things I want to later in my career here, I want to. I wish I learned and understood more is just the science of currency and money. It uh, you know the dollar's strong right now, but that, but that hurts exports. Uh, what's happening with the British pound, etc. And how do you? I mean, people literally trade currencies. But yes, uh, what you should quit printing money that causes inflation. And uh, I, I'm no expert on the Federal Reserve and when they should or should not raise interest rates, but they probably kept them too low for too long, which you know, was artificial, right? It was 0.1% or whatever it was. Uh, higher interest rates from the Fed aren't necessarily good, but maybe they should have been kind of middle of the road in the past rather than lots of free money that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a long road, like you said, and it's going to be trying to balance out the system again after all the shenanigans, and uh, we're not going to see a change, I think, for a while right now. It is Alan Cobb, Kansas Chamber of Commerce. Alan, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Lots of great information. Keep up the fight, and let's do it again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy.
All right, we got our bottom of the hour break coming up here in just a second. When we come back, we'll shift gears. Thanks again to Alan Cobb coming on the program, Kansas Chamber of Commerce. We'll have U.S. Senator James Lankford out of the state of Oklahoma. And we'll move down south, uh, south of the border here to talk about what's going on in Oklahoma and Washington, D.C. As we wrap up the program, last half hour on the home stretch here for Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay right here. It starts with... Now back to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Darn right. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch here. Last half hour of the show. It goes by way too fast. Trying to cram all that common sense and reason and rationale of the state of Kansas right here onto your airwaves every single day on a Saturday morning. Get you up and moving. We appreciate that very much. Let's go into move south of the border here for just a moment as we talk to U.S. Senator out of the great state of Oklahoma, Mr. James Lankford. A couple of times we've had him on the program and get the latest out of Washington, D.C. As you know, this week, the government didn't shut down. The world didn't end today. The government's still functioning. Did you know that? (laughs) That's right. We didn't shut down. We didn't die. Everything's all fine just because thank you, government, for staying open for us, at least until December 16th, as they did pass that continuing resolution that the Senate passed on Thursday. The House passed it yesterday and was signed by the Biden administration. We talk uh, talk about that issue and more with James Lankford, U.S. Senator out of the state of Oklahoma. James, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, actually. Thank you. Good, good to be on with you again. Yeah, always good to chat with you. There's a lot of stuff going on, and i got to be honest, it's a bit frustrating. I don't know how many times that, uh, or how many years we need to go where we see the same old routine here. You guys are getting ready for budgetary discussions again. The government's supposedly going to shut down by this weekend if we don't resolve some issues. But another continuing resolution. Senator, when are we going to get back to actually passing a federal budget instead of just extending a continuing resolution until December and then doing the same thing with another omnibus bill by December to say, well, let's just see what's in it and throw everything at the wall and then uh, just pass a massive bill. Yep, that has been the challenge we've had for a long time. There are several structural changes that I've actually laid out. One is we right now the fiscal year is from October the 1st until September the 30th. Uh, but every year we seem to do all the real budget work in October, November, December. Uh, that's just absurd. Let's just go ahead and move it to the reality of it and do annual budgeting to actually do it at the end of the year. I also have a bill that ends government shutdown that says we won't get to this moment. It forces the government open, but it also forces us to be able to stay in D.C. until all the appropriations work is done. Uh, This entire year, Chuck Schumer has not brought up one single appropriation bill, even to committee. This has been nothing done on the budget the entire year. He squandered the year doing all kinds of things except what is the constitutional responsibility of actually going through the budget in an open, transparent way. And uh, so it is the frustration that we have if not one of the 12 appropriation bills has even been started and we're in the last days of the fiscal year. Uh, So my frustration is also the the American people's frustration to say there is a process to be able to run. If the process doesn't work, fix the process, but do the work. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I remember back in the day we used to have the normal process of 12 appropriations bills discussing what should be in the budget, what needs more funding, what needs less funding, how we can actually balance the budget. That hasn't happened since, I believe, what, the Obama administration, and now this just seems to be the new norm. States are not allowed to do that. They have to have a balanced budget by the end of the day, and I think the federal government needs to do the same thing. 100% agree. Uh, We've actually brought a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution that failed. Uh, actually, when it came up for a vote, 
but that's the way that it has to be done is that you've got to actually force the federal government to be able to do the same thing that states do, uh, that they say they've got to get to a balanced budget. They can't just go into incredible debt every year. They've got to be able to do what's right with the American people's money. And we're going to continue to be able to press until we get that. But it's, it's, get, it's getting enough people elected that share that same perspective. Uh, if you have uh, if you have too few people that have that perspective, uh, then you end up with the that we have right now. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Talk about what's in this bill potentially with this continuing resolution. We've heard the stories about you know some more money being sent to Ukraine for some relief there, both humanitarian and for military. We also have obviously some of the social programs the Biden administration's trying to ram through with student loan forgiveness and other things. But talk about what potentially could be included in this continuing resolution. Yeah, so this this continuing resolution just it literally uh, changes the numbers of last year's budget and puts it onto this year. It has a few what they call anomalies, a few changes that are there. One of them you already mentioned was $12 billion that's going to Ukraine. Uh, there's also some additional funding uh, to be able to deal with some of the refugees uh, that are coming in from other areas, uh, trying to deal with some of the Afghans uh, and uh, their movement into the country. It also uh, tries to be able to uh, change a couple of things in national defense and a couple of those programs there. Uh, so it's bits and pieces, but otherwise it's normally the same thing as it was last year on it. So again, the frustration is it's not strategic. It's not trying to be able to resolve long-term issues in our budget. Uh, it's trying to just keep it open and say, well, we'll keep it open, then we'll figure out what we're going to do with it later. Uh, we've had, an, uh, at this point, nine months uh, to be able to get through all this, and they've not even started it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. At the same time, we have the Biden administration talking about how they've cut the deficit so much because during the COVID pandemic, they spent trillions of dollars for this COVID-19 relief stimulus, and then they cut back on that. And now they're saying, well, hey, because we didn't spend money on that, now we have the deficit going down and we're doing so much better on the budget. Senator, is that true, or are we still spending massive amounts of money above what we're seeing with tax receipts coming in? It's still massive amounts of money above, and it, it's the ultimate irony. And when uh, President Biden first mentioned that that he's cut the deficit, now there's two 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 names here. Debt is the total amount of money that America owes uh, to other people and to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, that's the total debt that we have. Then deficit is how much overspending there is in a single year. So what he's doing is he's saying, well, 2021, I did this massive inflation-creating bill of trillions of dollars. And I wanted to do that the next year, but Republicans blocked me from doing that. Remember, they wanted to do a $5 trillion bill this year, uh, and they got blocked by Republicans for doing that. And so now he's saying, okay, since I got blocked, now I'll take credit to say I actually cut the deficit, wow. uh, that uh, I didn't spend as much as I wanted to on it and try to be able to have it both ways on it. He, he can't step up and say, I tried to spend $5 trillion and couldn't get it, so now I'm going to actually be celebrated as a person that didn't spend as much. Uh, the, the issue is we're still way overspending our budget, and there's not been a real sit-down, walk-through, what are we going to do to be able to stabilize our budget? What are we going to do to be able to uh, actually balance things out? And how are we going to take care of the future of our country? That's what needs to happen. That's what leadership looks like. Yeah, unbelievable. We're talking with U.S. Senator James Langford from the state of Oklahoma. Let's talk about the economy for a second. Interest uh, or the inflation continues to rise and skyrocket. We're still sitting right around 9% nationally right now, which is unbelievable. The Federal Reserve says they want to raise interest rates again for the third or fourth time over the last six months. I don't know about you, but I remember the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over and, get, and expecting a different result. 
Is that what we're seeing here? Because we're still battling near $4 gallons of gas in some parts of the country. We're still dealing with 100, 150% increases in groceries across the nation right now. And their grand idea is just to raise interest rates again to hopefully balance out the supply chains and try and lower inflation. I don't know if this is going to work, and it's getting a bit frustrating, I think, for a lot of workers out there. Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to raise interest rates so high that people won't borrow money uh, to be able to buy a house, to be able to buy a car, to be able to do anything on their credit cards. They're trying to be able to force people to start buying less. Uh, When they do that, then it pushes the economy into a recession. Then people start losing their jobs because people aren't buying as much products. And so the companies that are manufacturing don't need as much uh, work to be able to get things produced. And that has its own vicious cycle. This all started, the whole inflation piece started in March of last year when Biden pushed through a massive multi-trillion dollar giveaway into the federal, into the American public uh, that employers said to me, now it's hard to be able to hire anyone because we're literally paying people more to stay home than we are to be able to come to work. All this free money went out, which by the way, Biden has not stopped doing. He's now doing free giveaways for student loans and uh, trying to be able to still pour money into the economy, which makes the inflation worse. It's a very basic thing. If you put a bunch of money into the economy and there's not enough ability to be able to meet the supply, it causes inflation. Everyone said that in advance. Uh, The Democrats and Biden said, no, we're going to do it anyway. And uh, they did. Straight party line vote. And it spiked inflation to where we are. Uh, You mentioned 9%. Actually, inflation from when Biden was... uh, Uh, sworn into office in January of last year until now is 13.2%. That means if you bought $100 worth of groceries in January of last year, that same $100 would only buy $87 worth of groceries now, and we all feel it. Uh, We walk into the grocery store and see $4 for a a dozen eggs. We all feel what's going on at this point, and we're trying to figure out what's happening on it. This is a Biden-created inflation. That's not only affected us, but it's now contagioned around the world and the entire world is facing. We've got to get energy prices down. Uh, we have to stabilize the economy. Uh, the way that you do that is produce more energy, and he's trying to produce less. And he's trying to use the Federal Reserve to drive up interest rates rather than lowering the price of energy. That's what would bring down inflation. Yeah, you mentioned in uh, the energy market there, we have the hurricane that's hitting uh, Florida right now, and our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody down there. But the response from the Biden administration was not, oh, hey, let's figure out humanitarian efforts down there. It was, oh, hey, oil companies, don't raise your prices just because you can't drill for oil down in the Florida area there. That was the response, not let's open up drilling other places to compensate for it. Yeah. It's just let's just not raise prices right now, even though you can't drill for oil down in Florida. That's the response from this administration right now. Actually, their, their response is don't raise prices uh, right before the election. Uh, that's really <laughs> what their, their real response is on it. Uh, the, the simple fact is we have a lot of energy in this country. And as the Biden administration continues to make it harder to be able to get that energy or just blocking production entirely for different areas of the country, uh, it reduces supply, which is in, increases the price of this. Uh, it's, not, it's not hard. Again, this is basic economics that this administration knows, but they're so obsessed uh, with America having to shift right now uh, to wind, to solar, uh, to electric vehicles, that they are willing to be able to drive the price up on everything else to say, now we're going to make it so expensive to do natural gas and anything with oil or anything with coal will make it so expensive, you'll have to go to the other uh, types of energy developments. Listen, I'm, I'm a true all the above 
Oklahoma has lots of wind power, lots of solar, hydroelectric, geothermal. Let's use it all. Uh, but let's use it all clean and efficiently, but don't punish Americans in this process and continue to be able to drive up the prices to be able to accomplish your policy goals. Uh, allow the American people to actually have lower prices. Amen to that. We got uh, a lot. Of, uh, we have a large fight ahead of us because we have a lot of socialists on the other side that are just pushing these social programs nonstop. You guys passed the Inflation Reduction Act just a few months ago that I'm here to say is not reducing inflation by any means <laughs> at all. Uh, but now we have Bernie Sanders out there saying that it didn't go far enough. We're trying to do the student loan forgiveness program, which is now thankfully being uh, challenged in court. We'll see how that one goes. But talk about some of the challenges you guys have ahead of you because of these programs, they want to push the envelope further with these expansions of centralized power, social programs, and massive government spending that the, the system's just not sustainable for. Yeah, there, there is a right role for government. I'm not anti-government. Most people that I meet are not anti-government. They believe there's a right role for government, yeah. national defense, uh, security of our border, uh, trying to be able to deal with uh, fair balances in, in business, all those things. There's a, there's a right role for government. And then there's a wrong role for government, where government just actually is involved in every area of our life. And it actually moves based on the preferences uh, of the White House rather than of the preferences of the American people. We are a nation of laws, not of men. And so the basic truth of this is if we're going to make a change in something, we've got to actually change a law to be able to do it. They're trying to impose their will, whether it be on abortion issues, on whatever it may be. They're trying to focus in on those areas and uh, on preferences of an individual rather than actually working through the law. And we see it quite a bit uh, in how they're actually trying to be able to run the economy right now. Uh, all this push right now with the student loan, as you mentioned before, it's recently been scored about half a trillion dollars in giveaway of these student loan forgiveness programs. Didn't go through Congress. Uh, was no vote in Congress on that. Just the president just invented it and said, I'm going to give away half a trillion dollars. Uh, 10 weeks before the election. Miraculously, he found some way to be able to do that. Well, that's not legal. The president doesn't have the authority to just create half a trillion dollars in new federal debt. That has to work its way through Congress on it. He ignored that. Uh, there will be a litigation on this, rightfully so, as you've mentioned, uh, recent court cases that have been filed on this and should be. Uh, so our focus is you can't just give money away and think it doesn't have consequences. It does have consequences. It has causes inflation. And it affects everyone in this economy. So let's let's get back to the basic rule of law. That's what it's all about. And I am hoping that it gets shut down, especially after the Supreme Court ruling back in June that uh, did the same thing with the Environmental Protection Agency, saying that they didn't have that authority just to massively spend out of nowhere without congressional approval as well. we got a couple minutes left here with U.S. Senator James Langford out of uh, the state of Oklahoma. Let's talk about your bill. It was officially just released yesterday as you guys are talking about some of the issues with the cartels, the illegal crossings down at the southern border that they're not doing anything about, including the czar of immigration, the vice president, Kamala Harris, that still hasn't gone down to the border. But you guys uh, uh, proposed a bill regarding social media and how social media is involved with the illegal immigration issue and actually promoting individuals to come across the border illegally. Talk about the bill and talk about what's going on here. Yeah, I actually met with some of the heads of social media companies uh, for YouTube, Facebook, for Twitter, for TikTok uh, just a few weeks ago as well and sat down actually pulled up some of the things on their site where their site actually gives instructions of how to illegally cross the border. Uh, in their terms of service, uh, they'll tell you we don't allow illegal activity on our platform, but in reality, there's a little exception there, except if you're illegally crossing the border, and then they have no problem with it. 
Uh, in fact, uh, there's a nickname for TikTok in Mexico where they call it cartel talk uh, because the cartels use it so much to be able to recruit other members of the cartels. There's YouTube videos that are out there that give explicit instructions on how to avoid the Border Patrol, which highways to use, where the Border Patrol typically sets up and how to be able to get around them. Those videos have been out there for months to years. Uh, they just allow them to be able to be out there. Facebook is heavily used uh, by smugglers, even buying ads uh, on Facebook to be able, uh, in Central America uh, so that they can actually, smugglers can actually promote themselves and to be able to work through with the cartels. Uh, so all these issues are very, very serious with these platforms are, are not even following their own terms of service uh, where they're being used and they're being willfully used to be able to promote illegal immigration into our country. So this is a partnership that's really happened with these social media companies where they're partnering with this administration uh, to be able to push more people illegally across our border. We're working to confront that and to be able to shut that down. So we've got to be able to enforce the law on our own borders, and we've got to be able to address this with social media companies that are actually promoting illegal activity in our country. Wow. Got to be honest, I did not know that that was even happening. You can't buy political ads on Facebook because it might be controversial. We've been banned so many times off of YouTube for, quote unquote, misinformation uh, regarding different issues, including the COVID-19 pandemic and other stuff for the program. But yet you can buy ads to recruit individuals to cross the border illegally that the cartels are using. That's insanity. I had no clue that was going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a frustrating thing, and it's one of the things I'm trying to be able to expose and to be able to say, here's the most basic principle. If you're going to say you don't allow illegal activity on your page, then don't allow illegal activity on your page. But they can't just pick and choose. Right now, they're literally editing content to be able to create this environment that they say is this safe environment for folks. But what they're really creating is a facilitation of people illegally crossing our border. That's very scary. And now we're seeing more individuals come up, coming up across our border than we've ever seen before, even since during the Obama administration. Is there any work? And last question on this issue is, uh, I mean, states, are states able to activate their own uh, state National Guard or do something to try and close their borders at their level? Because obviously the federal government, the Biden administration's not wanting to do anything. And with the help of social media, we're just seeing caravan after caravan after caravan of individuals coming up. I mean, what can be done about this? Well, first thing that has to be done, uh, immigration is a federal issue, so the federal government should actually follow the law. To me, this is just not complicated. Follow the law, and uh, everything works a lot different on this. We did not see immigration like this during the Trump administration because they actually implemented the law and enforced our borders. It's not anti-immigration. I'm all for people legally coming into our country and going through the legal visa process. I have no issue with that. I just have a problem with anything that begins with the word illegal. Yep. Uh, so the first things first, follow the law, actually. They can enforce the law and they can make a change. Yes, states can actually call up their National Guard, uh, but actually arresting someone for illegally crossing the border is a federal crime, not a state crime, uh, because they're violating the laws of the United States. And uh, so we've got to be able to have federal authorities that actually do that. Right now we have federal law enforcement, like Customs Border Protection, Border Patrol, incredibly frustrated because they're being treated like hotel check-in staff by this administration rather than federal law enforcement. They just want to do what they signed up to do, and that's to be able to help protect the country. Uh, there are specific ways to be able to do this. We've talked about the Remain in Mexico, ending the catch and release, which this administration could do right now, but it chooses not to. And if you want a really painful stat, is you're crossing the border right now illegally, and, and they're most likely... 4,500 4, to 6,000 people today that will illegally cross our border. Those individuals will be asked, where do you want to go? 
for your asylum hearing. You then go anywhere in the country. Uh, if they pick someplace, let's say Jacksonville, Florida, right in the middle of the hurricane at this point, if they pick there, uh, it would be 12 years before they got their asylum hearing. So they'd be given a work permit to be able to stay in the country for 12 years. And they'd say 12 years from now, check in and we will do your asylum hearing. We have no belief they're going to show up 12 years from now for that actual hearing. But in the meantime, they're given this long-term work permit because they illegally crossed their border. So what I'm saying is the administration literally uh, encouraged people to be able to cross the border illegally by handing out work permits to people. You should be able to do a legal visa, not illegally be rewarded. Yeah, and I wonder how many of those are openly choosing to go to Martha's Vineyard. Ah, see, see, there we go. Ah, Not enough. We need more. (laughs) Not enough for for choosing to go there. It's a beautiful place. If they're illegally present in the country, I highly encourage Martha's Vineyard. It's beautiful. That's right. Beautiful area. Definitely get some good stuff there. It's uh, U.S. Senator James Langford from the state of Oklahoma. Last question before we let you go, and I appreciate the time, but uh, I know that uh, you don't this year, but how are the elections looking in the state of Oklahoma? I know that we've talked to the governor down there, Governor Kevin Stitt. We've talked to some of the uh, Congressman Frank Lucas as well, but uh, how are things looking for the state of Oklahoma? Well, I just encourage people to vote. Uh, there's lots of polling going on, lots of different directions on it. Uh, at this point, uh, my greatest encouragement to people is show up and vote. Uh, there's lots of folks that I've talked to said I'm so frustrated. I don't know if my vote's going to count. I don't know all the things. Show up and vote. That's how it actually happens. And uh, for folks that feel like, okay, is this ever going to turn around? I point to the state of Virginia last year and say the people of Virginia showed up to actually vote. Uh, they flipped their House of Delegates. Uh, they flipped their lieutenant governor, their uh, their uh, their governor's race, their attorney general's race, because people actually showed up and vote. So the key thing that we have right now is we are less than six weeks before the November the 8th election. Pick your candidates, show up, vote. That's the key. That's the key. Show up and vote. How nice would it be to actually have a Republican majority in the U.S. Senate to actually get some stuff done with a wow. house with a house as well run by Republicans? We might actually see some progress being done in D.C. That would be terrific, honestly. If we win the House, it blocks all of this overspending that happens uh, because all spending constitutionally has to begin in the House. If we win the Senate, block some of these crazy nominees uh, that uh, Biden is putting into office, and we put a check on this White House. We'll still have Biden there for two more years, uh, but we have a check on the White House, and they can't push through all these crazy policies, and they have to negotiate. Right now, they're literally ignoring half the American people saying, you don't count. Uh, this would force them to actually sit down and negotiate both sides of the aisle and to be able to resolve the issues. Uh, so, yes, that'd be very helpful, I think, for the country. And I'd be very grateful to see a stop in some of these crazy policies. I love it. Let's make that happen. It's U.S. Senator James Langford from the state of Oklahoma. Senator, I appreciate the time. As always, we didn't get to some of the other stuff, some of the investigations, the January 6th, uh, along with the investigation on the FBI raids. But I want to talk to talk to you about that later on. Keep up the fight, my friend in Washington, D.C. We'll look forward to chatting with you again here real soon. Look forward to it. All right, there it is. That's James Langford, U.S. Senator from the state of Oklahoma. We appreciate his time very much. Give us a lot of time and covered a lot of ground. There's still more things that we would like to talk about, so we'll get him back on the show again soon. But covered a lot of ground there, especially the economic issues as we continue to see this massive inflation. Uh, we're going into the end of the year, and it's, uh, it seems like there's no end in sight with some of the inflation and then, of course, the interest rates. There's now Republicans finally, finally in Washington, D.C. starting to come out and saying, you know what, maybe the Federal Reserve doesn't have the answer to battle this stuff because their only response has been let's go out and raise interest rates and price more people out of the market and somehow that's going to solve all the issues we have to go deeper we have to do something else and let's actually do i don't know like a federal budget what a concept 
instead of spending ridiculous amounts of money. By the way, real quickly, Kansas has been part of the lawsuit against the Student Loan Forgiveness Program. We are one of six states that are involved in that lawsuit now. And because of it, the challenge of the Student Loan Forgiveness Program, Joe Biden is starting to back off on some of the giveaways he's trying to do and trying to change up and roll back some of that student loan forgiveness. We'll see how that fares out. That does it for us today here on a Saturday. Back at it again Monday for The Voice of Reason for our national broadcast. Michael Brown with The Weekend right around the corner here on KQAM for a Saturday. I'm headed out to the lake for the Hunter Safety Course with KQAM, KGSO, Hank FM, and La Raza as we teach the Ute of America and the Ute of Kansas on how to use a firearm properly and how to get their Hunter Safety Course to go out and go hunting. Again, a great brand that we try to be very proud of here on the state of Kansas. Until then, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you back on the radio here in just a couple of days. This is Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM.